Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that today we've had the opportunity and we'll continue to because you're not a God who leaves us uh, as soon as we walk out this door, but God, that you go with us. That this place right here, as the scripture says, is a place of encouragement, uplifting. Lord, it's also a place for us to come together and learn. But when we step out those doors, Lord, it's our walk with you. It's our walk with you, our relationship, God, that makes us alive and vibrant. Lord, not a religion, but God, a relationship with you. And I pray each person discover, Lord, the tenderness in the early mornings on their knees with you, God. The late nights, God, crying out for loved ones and seeing answered prayers, God. The healing comes, Lord, in the middle of the night, Lord, when you awaken your people. God, those sweet hours of two and three and four in the morning, when you awaken me, God, that others are hurting and you call us to our knees and believe, God, for healing. Lord, I just pray right now the broken homes, God, you bring them, bring them together. Lord, the true love that you created for us to have as believers, God, would thrive in these families. That, God, you would bring us closer together and closer to you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. God, there are people in this community, Lord, that right now, God, there's fights going on in the home. Lord, there are children who are leaving their homes. God, there are wives and husbands that are splitting. That God, let us know the desperation. Wake us up, Lord. Wake us up in the middle of the night at noontime, God. Let your people bring your message to this community, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. settle in for a moment. I just feel strong when we need to just wait here for just a moment. strongholds in our heart. God, let us be emptied out that you fill us, Lord. Let the let the, the shell that forms around our heart be broken now, Lord, that you can reach into those innermost places, God. We just praise you and honor you and thank you, Lord, for what you're doing amongst us. Hallelujah, Lord. This is not a badge to be worn with pride, God, but it's a vessel to go and pour out to others. It's not something that we wear the name of Christian, Lord, for our name's sake, God, but for your name's sake, for your glory. That, God, we're just one beggar trying to show another beggar where to find bread. That, God, we walk in humility, a word that's not used in our culture anymore, but we walk in humility, Lord. Yet with the power of the Lion of the tribe of Judah, that when we walk in the spiritual realm, Lord, that the ground shakes beneath our feet. That the demons tremble, Lord, at, the, at your name being spoken. God, let your people walk in the power that you planned for them, Lord. That they can be used by the Holy Spirit to speak into broken lives, Lord, and see people brought to a knowledge of you and their lives mended. Pray against the attempts of the enemy to disable your church anymore, God. That in you there is no disability, only ability, Lord. In you that the spirit that lives inside us is the strength, not this body that there is no junior Holy Spirit, that our children, if they have to, God, if we will not listen as adults, the children will march in front of us, Lord, and they will carry the war to the enemy. Jesus, we see it as our children come to the altar sometimes in our places, adults. Lord, convict our hearts. 
that God, we're never too prideful to come down and, and, and get in a place of humility, Lord, before you and let you do a work. God, thank you that our children, sometimes without example in front of them, are doing this, Lord. Lord, I pray this not as a correction to be spoken to the people now, Lord, but as a challenge that your Holy Spirit would challenge us. That, God, we, would, we wouldn't wait for the children to lead the way, but, God, we would lead our children. The children of Israel were faced with this, Lord. We know when we read your word that, God, it didn't take but a few generations for them to stop speaking about the goodness uh, that you have done for them, Lord, in the past and the deliverance for the children to forget their heritage. I just thank you and praise you, Lord, for your word for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team, for leading us. And and we're going to do uh, our, our, our time of worship and giving a little differently because we do have uh, some honored guests today to speak to us. And so we're going to offer that opportunity to worship at the end. So be praying as, as you hear them speak uh, about what God would lead you to do. Well, I want to give you a couple updates in uh, the first service. There's a couple that I missed. But uh, we have a few families out due to illness. Uh, some of our larger families, uh, Vincent and Brittany Henry, have some that are sick. So that's about eight of us. Of the service, we also need you to continue to pray for God to lead us to some um, children's workers. As Tim and uh, Stephanie have been going for several years now, they need a break, and so they are officially. We've been saying this for a while. That was coming. They're officially taking their break now. So there's not any children's church going on this morning, and we want you to pray that we'd be able to return to that soon. Um, you know, we prayed about it, and uh, I don't want to take away from the spirit here. So just let me do this quickly. Um, you know, it's real easy for us to put Jennifer back there because she's a pastor's wife, and we've done that. But you know what I've learned? Is it doesn't push us forward. It just keeps us going back to the past where when somebody hasn't heard the Lord speak to them because I believe he always provides those within our midst or will bring them quickly. And so I don't believe it shows any faith in us to just always go to. She's in her place. She didn't ask to be on the worship team. She has asked to be there, and she's found that's where the Lord wants her. And if she does that, that affects that. So we're going to pray and believe for God to provide our, our uh, folks for the children's area. So uh, enough of that. We're pouring slab on the new facility on Tuesday morning starting at 3 a.m. Anyone who's an early riser and you want to even get up a little earlier, I'm going to be just walking that place. I'm going to be walking that place and praying over the slab. I can walk. You guys, this is four weeks old energy, you know, but the doctor and I are arguing about treatment, <laughs> treatment right now. So um, uh, I told him no surgery till we're into framing. So uh, all right. I'll be walking the place. We're going to probably uh, have some food off and on out there, uh, mainly for the workers that are pouring the concrete. We did hire that out, but they're giving us half price, so we're trying to take care of them. But we want to pray over the foundation. Those are, that's where the feet, uh, blessed are the feet that carry good news. Those are the ones that will come in, not being a missionary, and will walk out the door being a missionary because of the power of God speaking into their lives. We'll have people raise up. We have two young men who are working on credentials now. We had another that just got uh, ordained not too long ago. So uh, if we, we need the Lord to continue to raise up ministers of the gospel, missionaries, evangelists, preachers, teachers, all of them uh, among our bits. So be, be praying. If you can't be there, pray during the day because they'll be working on, on into 3 and three in the afternoon, maybe 5 in the evening to finish out the concrete. So you know, just cover that in prayer. And you remember, if you're there for a groundbreaking, we had a rock that used to prop the doors open out here for people. It was a big rock. And we used that, um, referencing a scripture in, in the Word. And we, we uh, 
poured oil over that, anointed that rock, and I've got that in a safe place that we'll place it out there eventually, but um, we'll also anoint the foundation as well. So just be praying for God's uh, blessing on, on that time. And uh, the only day, again, that's scheduled for rain for 10 days is the day we're pouring, kind of like our footings. And God helped us through that and had a good day, so pray again that we have the right weather. All right, uh, enough of that. I want to just uh, take an opportunity to introduce the Carpenters, Thomas and Angela Carpenter. Their family, they have a rich heritage, as I do, of uh, ministers and missionaries. And uh, Brother Thomas, his father was, uh, Tommy Carpenter was the guy I went to to see for my credentials. And I jokingly told the first service, although I don't think he heard a word we said because he played with our kids the whole time. He, he was looking through doors for toys and all that, and we were trying to have serious discussion, and he was... He was on the, on the kids, and, but that spoke a lot to us. He knew where the future church was, and he knew God was already working our situation out, so why not invest in the ones that are going to take my spot? But, but we really, um, even though we haven't been uh, super close as and we just know them like family, but this family has spoken so highly of throughout uh, our organization, Assemblies God, that um, it's just truly an honor to have them here. Um, truly is a wonderful, wonderful, awesome family. So. Brother Sister Carpenter, would you come and minister to us this morning? Here this morning, and what a good-looking crowd today. Just turn to your neighbor and say, you are good-looking and looking good. <laughs> All you guys that are sitting together are like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Pastor CJ, Pastor Jen. We're just um, excited what the Lord is doing here in Centerton and amazing. He is moving here and all around the world. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just great to meet you all. Enjoyed the worship so much. Wow, that was just such a blessing. We just uh, soaked that in this morning and, and praise God. Well, um, one of our favorite verses is in the book of Acts, Acts 2.17, where the Lord says, In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. We're living in the last days. Amen. These are the days where we believe Jesus is coming back soon. And we take that phrase, all flesh, very literally to mean every person with any type of a disability. And I will give you one example of that this morning. We have a, a good friend, T.J. Connell. To meet T.J., you wouldn't think that uh, he would have much understanding. He's in a wheelchair. He's nonverbal, but he communicates through a talk box that's attached to his wheelchair. Well, we were in service with T.J. one time, and he was sitting in the aisle a little ways in front of us. And in the middle of the preaching, he begins to flail that one arm that he can control and starts to type in a, a message and we're thinking okay TJ don't be moving around right now you know buddy now's the not, not the time to get loud he works on it for about 10 minutes and then just lets his hand fall as soon as he does across the sanctuary there was a lady in the again in the middle of the preaching who gave a message in tongues and that means there's a, a heavenly message heaven wanted to speak to us that day and she spoke in a heavenly language and just as soon as she ended, TJ reached up and hit the play button on his talk box, and he had the interpretation where we could understand what heaven was speaking, and it was spot on. That's just one little example that we see over and over again. Last days, the Lord is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Thomas was asked one time in reference to a young man with Down syndrome 
Basically, why are you wasting your time evangelizing them? Don't they already have their ticket punched to heaven? And Thomas said, you know, sir, that's not my call. But everyone deserves to feel the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. We all deserve to feel God's touch on our life. And amazing things happen when that takes place. It was actually in the year 2000 that Thomas and I were asked to do our first camp for people with disabilities. I tell you, after that first week, it just it captured our hearts. And we said, Lord, we don't know what you're going to have us doing for the rest of our lives in ministry. But we know that we always uh, want to have disabilities included. So for the last 18 years, uh, we've evangelized, we've pastored. I spent some time uh, working with women's ministries. But we have traveled the United States doing camps and ministering to families and to people one-on-one. And two years ago, we got to go uh, back to South Africa for the third time. The Lord opened an amazing door for us. And we were able to actually minister at a disability home for about a week there. And we just said, Lord, this is it. This is what you have. And the Lord pricked our hearts and he said, you need to duplicate ministry like this, not just in South Africa, but around the world. And so now the Lord has called us to be international disability missionaries through a ministry called Compassion Link, which is a ministry that ministers to the body, soul, mind, and spirit, uh, every, every facet of a community's needs. And we are the disability arm. You may not know, but there are over a billion people worldwide with a disability. It is now the world's largest unreached people group. And by and large, if you live in another country with a disability, you are not treated well. You are thought to have a curse. Even if it's just a physical disability, something jumped on you and made you that way. And whatever it is, I'm not going to get near you because it'll jump on me. There's a lot of wrong ideas and thinking about it. And so a majority of the population with a disability um, are not treated as well as you would treat your pet that you keep outdoors. So God is calling us to go and to train local churches and to say, hey, these people can have their place in the body of Christ. And then to go right where they live, to the villages and to the areas, and minister to them. I'll show you one um, unlikely way you might think that the Lord is uh, letting the gospel go. You know, a lot of people go to these countries who... Um, the gospel is not welcome, and they go as a doctor, they go as a teacher, and we applaud that. We have a lot of friends who do that. Thomas and I have found uh, when we go to these remote villages, especially in South Africa, Zambia area, that we carry uh, a soccer ball. Soccer is super popular uh, around the world, but a lot in a lot of these countries, and this is a soccer ball that has the gospel on it, similar to the salvation bracelets. And so um, we have seen it firsthand. A whole village is thrilled to have one soccer ball in their village, and they will all share it. And so we get to stand before them, share the gospel, and then they always have that gospel with them because the scriptures are written in their language. This is the Losi language. And so Thomas will share more stories about that. But you know what? Uh, it is the last days. 
and the Lord is telling us all to go. He may tell you to go across the street, maybe not around the world, but it's just time to go. And so, Lord, I just pray blessing and challenge over this church, God, that they would continue to be a light and that they would reach uh, those that you have called them to reach. Lord, whether they're disabled, uh, no matter what their lot in life is, God, you have told us to be a light for you, and we thank you for the opportunity to do that. In Jesus' name, thank you for watching this video. Compassion is showing a mother how to care for her sick child. Compassion is training a man to dig a water source and then maintain it. Compassion is teaching community health workers how to improve sanitation and reduce disease. Compassion is raising awareness about the needs of the disabled. Compassion is preparing local leaders to respond to community needs when disaster strikes. True compassion is sharing the good news of Jesus while demonstrating His love. Compassion is meeting physical, spiritual, and emotional needs while restoring lost dignity by working with people, not giving handouts. Compassion is loving, giving, healing, caring, serving, partnering. We're the bridge between the hurt and the healing. We are Compassion Link. Join us in serving a world in need. Amen. In 2015, we were asked to go to the country of Zambia. Uh, we were asked to go help the Hope Church in Mangu, Zambia. That's in the western part. Now, Zambia is in South Central Africa, and it's one of the poorest countries in the world. It's, it's very uh, destitute. It's, uh, it sits right below the Congo, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on there that, that we in America, we just don't think about on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and we were asked to go to the village of Nimboma. Nimboma is in the western province of Zambia. And we were told by the missionary as we were going there, and here's what you're going to find in Nimboma. You're going to find that in Nimboma village, the average life expectancy for a woman is 29 years of age. Average life expectancy for a man is 34 years of age. Three out of five babies don't make it to their fifth birthday. AIDS is around 30%. Uh, you're going to find a lot of disabilities there. And uh, we want you to go and we want you to evangelize these people and start a church, plant a church there that we can go in and we can follow up after your team comes. And so we said, okay, that's exactly what we'll try to do. The missionary gave us, as we're leaving, gave us a, a case of Bibles, gave us 36 Bibles written in the Losi language. And so that's what we headed out to Nimboma Village with. We had our trucks loaded up. Now, anybody drive a four-wheel drive truck besides me? Anybody drive one just for fun? Okay. Now, it's the most fun driving I've ever done because you're, you're driving on the right-hand side, shifting with your left hand with a standard vehicle. You're, you're driving in sand that's at least a foot deep, and if you ever stop, you're stuck. And so it's this black sand that you just kick up dust behind you, and you make your own roads. You really do follow cattle trails through the, through the bush to get to where this village is. And so, I mean, we're just following the truck in front of us, and, and we're kicking up dust, and, and we're going through the bush, and we're so far out in the bush, it's, it's unreal. We thought we'd never get there. 
And so when we finally uh, get to where we're going, we start noticing these little huts. And, and when, when we drive by, people are running out of the huts, and they're yelling this word, Makua, Makua. And so I don't know what Makua means necessarily, but we find out, oh, they're saying, the white man, the white man. And so we get there, and the Losi people are really neat folks. I mean, just wonderful, wonderful people, but they're short. Now, if you're a man in, in the Nimboma village and you're 5'7", 5'8", 5'9", you're, you're a tall, you're a considerable-sized person. You'd, you'd fit in good there, yeah. And so, anyway, when we pull up, these guys that are like this tall, they've never seen 6'4", 300 pounds before. And so when I step out of the vehicle, uh, they, they look up like this, and they went, tuna makua. And, well, I knew what that makua word meant, but what does that tuna word mean? Yeah, I mean, but I found out they're calling me the great white man. And so I, <clears throat> I can identify with that. I'll do that. <laughs> Until one of the other interpreters said, no, they're, they're really not calling you the great white man. They're calling you the huge white man or the fat white guy. And, and that's the literal translation was a fat white guy. And so, anyway, I, I, I embraced it. I thought that was kind of cool. These great people were, were so neat. We're standing there, and uh, this man walks up to me. And, uh, again, it's surprising because he's about my age. He's about 50 years old. And he walks up to me, and he, he asked me this question. He says, I understand that you have a king in your country. And I said, no, sir, we have a president. They said, oh, no, you, you, have, you have a king. And I tried to explain, no, we call our guy the president. He said, oh, no, no, no. He said, I'm not talking about Obama. I know him. And I went, wow. And the first thought that went through my mind, we're seven hours away from the nearest place you can charge your cell phone. And this man knows about Obama, and he knows about Coca-Cola. Even though he drinks Coca-Cola hot, he knows about these things, and he doesn't know about Jesus. It's an amazing thing. And then this man, he says, no, 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 I'm not talking about Obama. I know him. He said, uh, I'm talking about Elvis. He's the king. <laughs> and I said, you're right. Elvis is the king. He said, well, you cannot pronounce my name in English, so you just call me Elvis because I'm king here. And that's the way the chief of the village introduced himself to me. And Elvis was a great guy. I mean, he, he, was, such a, he was such a neat guy. He he kind of walked around, made sure everything was all right for us. He was one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my life. He would come to our, our, uh, village, our, our little campsite, it was part of his village, and he would tell us, he said, now you let me know if you have any problems with any of our rascals. He said, I will take care of it. Even though I'm 6'4 and like this, he's like this and weighs maybe 100 pounds. Uh, I had a feeling Elvis could handle it. He was, he was a man of, of authority and dignity. He was a, he was a great, great guy. And uh, he was just opened his village up to us, and he let us do just about whatever we wanted to. He let us talk in the school. We, we got to do school assemblies in the little local hut school, you know. And, uh, but day to day, we'd walk through the village, and we'd tell people about Jesus. At, at night, we'd build this great big bonfire out in the desert, and uh, just people would come from everywhere. They'd slip through trees you, you wouldn't even see them coming and you didn't even know there was a trail there but people would just start filing into the big bonfire and uh, they would hear these simple bible stories just simple stuff like David and Goliath guess who got to play Goliath because he had to act them out <laughs> guess who got to play Samson 
But we just told simple Bible stories. One of their favorites was the storm on the Sea of Galilee, of Esther, of things just simple. Tell them about Jesus. And they, they love these stories. They're oral learners. And so they, they, they just learn by seeing and hearing. And uh, I told you we, we had those 36 Bibles. But our missionary told us, said, you can't give these Bibles away. He said, because if you start giving the Bibles away in the bush, you're going to find you have more people than product. And you're going to make some people offended if you start giving these things away and, and somebody's not going to get one. So we can't offend these people. They're, they've been so hard to reach in times past. So, so what you want to do is you want to barter. This, this village barters, um, and, and you, you just trade. Well, what's a good trade? I mean, what are you going to trade for a Bible? Well, anyway, we, we're preaching, and one day Elvis walks up to me and says, Tuna Makua, I understand that you have a book that tells of the stories of Jesus. He said, could I trade you something for that book? And I said, yeah. I said, what do you have to trade? And he walks up, and he trades me his axe. And I said, you bet. That's a good trade. I like that trade. I told the missionary, I'm keeping this axe. He said, oh, please do. I've got a barn full of those. We trade for Bibles and, and axes all the time. But I'm thinking to myself, but you don't have the chief's axe. This is Elvis's axe. You know, that's pretty cool. And so we traded my Bible for this. Actually, it wasn't mine, but I kept this. And uh, the thing is, this is more than just a neat souvenir for me. It's cool, and uh, it's, it's very durable. We've, we've cut down trees with it. We've used it. But now the thing that makes it important to me is that the chief industry of that village of Nimbomo, they make charcoal for a living. Everybody does. They they're blessed to live on part of the Zambezi River where they have trees. So they make charcoal, and they will pack this charcoal on their back in wicker baskets, and they will take it to the flatlands, to the, to the plains, and uh, they will trade their charcoal for meat or for other things that, that you can get on the plain that you can't necessarily get by the river, or they take it into town. And so what this represents to me is Elvis by giving me his axe. This is the tool of his trade. Even the chief had to make charcoal. He had to make sure everybody got fed in his village. So he was a hard worker. And this was what he used to make his charcoal with. And he was willing to trade this for the Word of God because he saw the importance of the Word of God. How many of us would be willing to trade our tool of our trade? This is like a, a farmer trading his tractor or a business person trading his computer. You know, the Word of God is what the world is hungry for. Our people with disabilities are no different. Our, we, we see people so hungry for God, they're willing to do anything to hear the Word of God. And the Word of God is so important. Now, I'll tell you that as I'm standing there, Elvis has tr just traded me his axe. And people began to line up because they saw that we had Bibles. So they ran back to their huts and they began to bring things to trade. Somebody brought a chicken, and we couldn't trade for a chicken. There's not enough meat on a Zambian chicken to, uh, to even eat, and who knows what disease it might have. And, and some people brought garden hose and rakes, and we traded for those kind of things. And, and we were down to about three Bibles left out of the 36. And uh, a man walks up to me, and, and I could tell he was a little bit different than everybody else. And he walks up, and he says, 
Tunamakua, I don't have anything to trade. He said, you see, the only thing I have of value to my name is my homemade wooden leg. And I sat there in shock as I watched this man sit down on the ground and try to unstrap a homemade wooden leg held on by inner tube strips. Now, you notice I brought an axe. I didn't bring a wooden leg. What I did is, I, Brother Brummett, I did what all good Assembly of God preachers do. I learned well from my dad. I took an offering. And in just a matter of seconds, we found 40 Zambian kwacha. That's $2.30 to you and I, but that's two or three weeks' wages uh, for there. And we got this man a Bible. I watched this man disappear. I never saw him again. That was on Friday. I mean, that was on Sunday. We left on Tuesday. The last I saw this man, he was walking through the bush kissing a cellophane-wrapped Bible that more than likely he can't read because they don't educate their disabled there in Nimboma Village. They require them to beg. But I'm praying for a Philip. I'm praying Philip is the guy in the Bible who found an Ethiopian eunuch who had a copy of the Word of God and he didn't understand what he had. I'm praying for Philip. I'm praying somebody would go there and share with this man what he has in his hand. This Word of God is more important to get to the world than anything else we have. Angela and I, we're not going to be social gospel people. You know, social gospel is good, and we're going to do some of that because it's kind of required for us to do, but our biggest thing is to make sure the Word of God gets distributed to these almost one billion people in the world. We can, we can take you to places. We can show you places. We can show you pictures of people chained up literally just because of, of their disability. We want to bring deliverance to those people because that's a hungry people for the Word of God. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is found in Psalm 19, and it talks about uh, the Word of God. Psalm 19 verse 7 says this, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. All that's talking about the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God and how great the Word of God is. Verse 10 says this, it says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Now, our world, we work on the gold system. We, I mean, that's what our money is based on. And If you ask the athletes in the Olympics, what are you going for? We're going for the gold. Silver and bronze is okay, but, man, we're going for the gold. Why? Because gold is the best. There's nothing else like it. Gold is the top, and, and that's what the Word of God is. And then verse uh, 10, the second part of that says, not only is this Word to be more desired than gold, it's sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Now, I'm, I'm a honey kind of a guy. I used to raise bees. Some things I found out about honey and how it compares to the Word of God is this. Did you know honey is the world's most perfect food? Honey never spoils. You can leave it on your shelf so long that it crystallizes on the bottom. But you know what you do with that honey that you get crystallized? You take it and you put it in a pot of warm water on the stove in just about 10 minutes' time. That honey turns back into the most pure and fresh honey. And it's just as tasty and fresh as the day the bee made it. That's just like the Word of God. Sometimes we leave it on the shelf so long that it crystallizes, but the fire of the Holy Spirit gets up underneath it a little bit. Come on. And it will get just and just as fresh and pure as the day that Paul 
or Moses or whoever wrote that scripture you're reading. It just gets just as fresh as the day he wrote it because it's just like honey. And David was just, I mean, he was just divinely inspired. All those guys were, but I mean, this is so true how the word of God never spoils. It never gets old. Not only is word of God like that and that doesn't spoil or, or diminish, but it's a quick energy food. How many ever gets tired spiritually, physically? Man, if you get tired physically, get you some sugar in you. What is honey? It's just pure sugar, baby. Mm. It, it, I mean, even the story in the Bible about Samson. Samson was out one day, and, and he was really tired. And he went, and he found honey that was in a lion's belly. I don't know I'd ever get that hungry, but, man, you know what? Samson got that honey, and it refreshed him. It gave him strength. He was able to get back to where he was going. Honey is just like the Word of God. We get down. We get slow, but God can give us that, that honey and, and, and get us right going. Honey is also like the Word of God, and it's a healer. Do you know you can get a wound and you can put honey on it? The antibiotics in, that's natural in honey will keep infection out. It will stop bleeding. It will clot your blood. Just really neat kind of stuff. Anybody ever put honey and lemon on your sore throat? Anybody ever have allergies and you take local honey? It's a healer, just like the Word of God. And that's what the world is looking for. That's what the world is needing is the Word of God. You know, I think about um, the, the prodigal son. You know, he, he came home, but what if he was just given the social gospel? Somebody would have given him a cot and a sandwich, but he had never made it home. This Word of God is what's going to change people's lives. We're going to do some things. We're going to, we're going to help people get crutches. We're going to help people get wheelchairs. We're going to help people learn how to live with their disability, but we're going to teach them how that Jesus loves them in spite of who they are, in spite of what their disability is. God has a plan for these people's lives. Several years ago, we were in Kentucky, and we were at a meeting, and I remember this, this little girl, Ebony. She is so cute. I mean, she was one of the cutest. Uh, she, she had uh, cerebral palsy. She's in a wheelchair. Ebony has is, is, is got these little fingers that curl up like this, and her legs kind of cross like this, and, and she is living in this wheelchair. And I remember we're in the service, and the Holy Spirit begins to break out. Praise and worship was going on. And I'm, I'm sitting there. Everybody is getting excited. The Lord is doing some neat things. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm watching Ebony, and I see these hands start to do this. And they just stretched out just as straight as my hands are right there. Straight out in front of her. Her feet went from being crossed to sitting at kind of a 90-degree angle. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Ebony is about to get up out of this chair. And I started getting excited. I was like, yeah, mm, yeah, Lord, you're going to heal her. You're healing her right now, Jesus. This is exciting. And I got beside myself a little bit. I kept watching her. 20 minutes, she's just worshiping just like this. She's even shaking. Of course, cerebral palsy people shake sometimes, but this wasn't the cerebral palsy shake. She was shaking under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm watching her. And then all of a sudden, the praise and worship kind of dies down. And Ebony just kind of curls right back into the same position she was. And I have to tell you, I was heartbroken. I was like, God, you were healing her. God, you could have healed her. What a testimony she would have had if you would have just healed her of that cerebral palsy. God, you, you, you blew it. God, you blew it. 
God just really whipped me at that point. He said, you know what? I got a plan for Ebony's life. She's going to go places and she's going to do, do things that you'll never be able to do. I didn't make a mistake with Ebony. I've got a plan for her life. She is an integral part of my family. I love her just as intimately as I love any able-bodied person. And what she can do for me, you can't do. And it blew me away because it made me realize, you know, God does not make mistakes when he gives somebody a disability. There's a plan. God always has a plan. His plans are far beyond my plans. I'd love to see them all healed, but you know what? Our people, and I'm calling them our people, they have such an ability to minister. They have such a heart for God. I wish we all had a heart for God. I have to admit, it's easy. It's easy to win somebody with disabilities to the Lord. I wish everybody was as easy to win to the Lord. And then they have such a passion about serving the Lord. I just want you to know these people are awesome, and we're, we're excited about the mission field God has called us to. This, this is an amazing group of people. We have just a little minute and a half video that we'll close with and turn it over to Pastor CJ after that. But this, this particular video just says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God is awesome. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit. And when I rise. You, you can see my thoughts. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before word is on my tongue. You create, you must be. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your, your works are wonderful. My frame was not hidden from you. I, I made a sacred place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes are my unseen body. My eyes are made for me. On the days ordained for me. Will winter in your book. Be very mindful to be. How the vast are the sum of them. Were I to count them. I'll murmur against the sand. I am fearfully. I am fearfully. I am fearfully. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Lord, we thank you. 
we thank you, Lord, that you've given us all a purpose. You lead us in the plan you have for us, God. No matter what our earthly circumstances are, Lord, you are in control. Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts because, Lord, this is the opportunity we have where the carpenters are going for us to those that you've charged us with to reach. But they are going in our place. They are sacrificing their comforts. They are sacrificing their time and resources, God, away from family and away from comforts to go in our place. God, that we hold the same responsibility, Lord, to go out into our community, but God, they're going well beyond. And we thank you for the opportunity to sow into the kingdom, Lord, with our resources. God, when we make our business about your kingdom business, you make your concerns about our concerns. Lord, you take care of our needs when we're focused on the needs of others. And so we pray right now, God, that you soften our hearts toward the work of the heroes of the faith, our missionaries, Lord, that go out on our behalf. We just praise you and honor you and give you all glory and praise for you. In Jesus' name, amen. I have our ushers come. Caleb, if you could fill that spot for us this morning. If you're making out a check, please put on the memo line for the carpenters. If you will also, um, if you're giving cash, there should be an envelope in the back of one of the seats near you, and please mark on there as well. That way it's separated from your, your normal tithe offering or, or other missions, but we need to specifically, and then you can make the check out to New Song. We'll make one check for the carpenters and get that to them. The Assemblies God, they use account numbers for our missionaries, so it's easier to process that that way. But um, I want to give you a minute as you're, you're praying. I'm going to go to the Lord again in prayer, and I just want you to prayerfully consider what He'd have you give. Lord, I just pray again, you speak to our hearts. Lord, this isn't about, Lord, what we think, but what you know. And God, I just pray that you'd make what is known, evident to our hearts. You know our bank accounts, you know our situations, you know our struggles. And God, we want to go with what you know is right for your kingdom. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Come back after the, probably about 1230. You can head to the park today and uh, I'm sure we'll be serving by 1245, somewhere around there or sooner. So, uh, love you, God bless you, have a wonderful Sunday.